This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number three on a special Super Bowl Sunday edition of the Dan Grasso Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Taking it for another 60 right up until 2 o'clock. The Ty Butler will carry you even closer to kickoff between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs coming to you from Arizona. Joe Leo and Tom Bauer are producing the program today. They're along for the ride. And you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And I'll tell you, Arizona, they've been a good host for the Super Bowl in years past. I was mentioning this yesterday. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, they've had three previous Super Bowls in Arizona. The first one was, ironically enough, Cowboy fans will remember it fondly because it was the last time the Cowboys were in the big game. That was Super Bowl Thirty. Remember, that was the 95 season. That was the Barry Switzer Super Bowl that he won with all of Jimmy Johnson's players, essentially. Uh, they beat the Steelers. That was the Neil O'Donnell, Larry Brown Super Bowl. That was old uh, Sun Devil Stadium there at Arizona State. So that wasn't this facility because it wasn't built yet. So you had that Super Bowl, which is memorable if you're a Cowboy fan, it was memorable. Maybe not so much if you're a Steelers fan, but, you know, you had that big, you know, you think that Super Bowl, you unfortunately, you think Neil O'Donnell and Larry Brown and, you know, those two guys that particular offseason, Larry Brown parlayed that one big moment in the Super Bowl into a big-time lucrative free agent contract with the Raiders. Al Davis throwing him a bunch of money and uh, never even came close to living up to the hype. Uh, and then Neil O'Donnell was given five years and 25 million bucks by the New York Jets to come and be their franchise savior at quarterback, and uh, he lasted here two years, uh, mostly forgettable two years as the Jet QB. Can I, can I be honest with you? I'm going to come clean right here. I've told this story before, but I might as well just throw it out there again because I brought up his name. And you guys could rip me for this if you want, but whatever. We all have a jersey purchase, which we maybe kind of regret. And nowadays, like, forget about it because players are changing teams with just such crazy frequency that, you know, you could buy a jersey of a guy and then five minutes later before you even get home from the store, the guy might be on another team already. I think hands down when you factor in, and this is a long time ago, of course, so the price that I spent, the age that I was, the worst jersey purchase I ever made Going into that 96 season, I bought an authentic, authentic. So at the time, you know, this was big. Like, you didn't even get your hands on these that much back, you know, 25 years ago. We didn't have online and all this other stuff. Like, you'd actually go to the store and the mall, you know. and but I bought an authentic Neil O'Donnell Jets jersey mm. going into that 96 season. And, yeah, I got about two years of shelf life out of that thing. And it's, you know. Been sitting in the closet ever since. I still keep it as kind of like a look back. But yeah, it was a big, it was a Wilson jersey. It had like the stitching on. I mean, it was, it, I thought I, I hit the jackpot. It's like, wow. Um, yeah, didn't really work out too well. And then a couple of years after that, the Jets, you know, when Parcells, he comes in, he changes the uniform and the colors and the jerseys all together. So it looked even more like a relic. But it's kind of cool to look back on it. But if I had to pick one, you know, given what I don't remember exactly how much I spent, it was easily over a hundred dollars. So a hundred dollars plus in nineteen ninety six. I mean, that's you know, that's big money for a kid who was what in high school at the time and, and didn't have that kind of money to throw around. I thought it was a wise investment. It wasn't a wise investment, but you know, you live, you learn. Tom Bauer, worst jersey purchase of all time for you is what? 
Ooh. Tough, right? This is a tough decision. See, I haven't purchased too many jerseys. Now, I guess I'll go recency bias. I got a Jacob DeGrom Mets jersey for Christmas this year. Ooh. And, um... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of uh Do you still have the receipt of that bad boy? See, I'm not the one who purchased it, so I don't know who has the well, receipt. But you got uh, you got I mean, well, you should have acted on that sooner because that see, that is dicey because it's almost like you doubled down or they doubled down with the gift because it's like the guy was going in well, wait a second. For Christmas, he was already gone. He was already in Texas by Christmas, right? Yes, he was. I heard that it was already purchased beforehand, and uh, <laughs> oh, you got to return that bad boy. You know, I think I'm going to keep it though, just because he was a great Met, and I don't have another That's Mets fair. jersey, so I'm I'm keeping it at least until I can get another Mets jersey. That's fair. That's fair. And you know what? I'll say this: I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Jacob Degrom will not duplicate the success that he had with the Mets as a member of the Texas Rangers. He will not reach those heights. So when his career is over, he's going to be thought of as a Met, a two-time Cy Young Award winner. So, yeah, that's a good one to keep. I agree with you on that one. Joe Leo, do you have a worse jersey purchase? I, Much like you, I have one as a Jets, my dad. And these, this is actually a good story. So, yeah. you know, let's go back in the Wayback Machine to 2008. Jets just get Brett Favre. <laughs> My dad, before the jerseys are are loaded into the models in my hometown, yes, t- pays the guy that is that is driving the truck. He gives him an extra twenty to get two Jets jerseys for Favre. Gets him off the trucks, brings him home. I wore it. I wore it out in two thousand and eight. But uh, yeah, that that jersey. It's still in my house, doesn't fit anymore, but I still have it like you as a relic. But you know something? I can almost rationalize that because it's Brett Favre. You know, the guy's an all-time great, and you have a jersey with his name on it of your favorite team. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I can actually – like, that's one you could look back on, and it's kind of cool. It looks – it might look weird, you know, like 20 years from now when you're thinking, geez, oh, yeah, remember Brett Favre, that one-year stopover with the Jets? But it happened. Like, some of them are, you know, players – They, you know, like if, if somebody ever has like a Joe Namath Rams jersey, that's the equivalent of like Brett Favre with the Jets. Like, it happened for a year. It was a thing, but it still doesn't mean it looks right. But those are – you know, those are almost kind of cool to have. Maybe not to the same extent, but like, you know, the, the Michael Jordan Wizards jersey. Nobody thinks of Michael Jordan as a wizard, but he was there for a couple of years. And, you know, played all 82 games, by the way, at the age of 40. No load management for Michael Jordan. So, yeah, I mean, those those are cool to have. You know, they really and truly are. You I know, even all... have the Brett Favre Jets Madden cover. I went back and replaced the Madden that I had because he was on the cover that year. And, you know, Green Bay. It was the Green Bay jersey because that game comes out in August and he wasn't a Jet yet. Right. So I actually went back, returned the game, and got the updated Jets version. I believe that was Madden 09 uh, with, uh, with, with Favre as the, as the cover with the Jets jersey. Was, and that was like a download insert of something like that, right? Or or, or, or like you could download it and, or something like that? I yeah, think that they made it available. They had – well, they – because that's back when, you know, the digital games weren't really a thing back then. So you still had to go to GameStop or wherever and pick up a physical copy of the game. So they had to reissue 
the cover of Madden because he got traded in the middle of the year or at the middle of the offseason. Right. Yeah. Like you could probably write a book. You know, you just go talk to a bunch of people about like, you know, bad jersey purchases and this and that. But yeah, those are the ones that stand out for me and for us, you know, certainly here on this Super Bowl Sunday. And it happens. Um, I just got a tweet from our buddy uh, Mike Grasso. No, no relation. And he posted he has a picture of uh, his black Zach Wilson Jets jersey. <laughs> hey, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, maybe uh, maybe it is still salvageable for Zach Wilson. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know about that one. So, anyway, we get on the subject of that whole thing with the Neil O'Donnell and the Arizona Super Bowl. So, you had that one. And then the two other Super Bowls that Arizona had, and this was in this particular building, of course – Super Bowl 42, Giants-Patriots, enough said, okay, classic game. And then you had seven years after that, Super Bowl 49, the 2014 season, Patriots 28, Seahawks 24. That was the Malcolm Butler game, which came down to the final couple of plays there down near the goal line. So three games in the state of Arizona, memorable contests, and you know, we've talked a lot about it here over the last couple of weeks. I think it's going to be just as memorable today. I think we're going to get ourselves a good Super Bowl today. Hey, if you if you poll everybody that's a host on 98.7 ESPN, I mean, my God, you know, as I mentioned, every host thinks that it's going to be a Kansas City win. So, who the heck knows, really and truly. And, you know, I, I think with Philadelphia – you know, we've, we've, we've said it a couple of times here. I, I think there is a little bit of doubt as to how much have they really been tested so far in these playoffs. Remember, the last game of the season, last game of the regular season, they played the Giants. Giants were playing backups that day. Giants played okay, you know, Davis Webb and everything, and they gave them a fight, almost won the game, but Philadelphia needed to win it to make sure that they secured the home field and the division and all those things. So, but the Giants gave them a good fight. But you still weren't playing a playoff caliber team because Giants had a lot of backups in there. Okay, so that was week 18. Then the Eagles had a week off, didn't play anybody. Then once the Eagles got back on the field in the playoffs, they played a Giant team, which we found out was not exactly ready yet. Okay, so that's three. And then the NFC Championship game, they played a 49ers team that had no quarterback. So you really have – and then now two weeks after that, you play the Super Bowl. So the, the Eagles have almost gone five, six weeks before maybe playing a team to the caliber of the Kansas City Chiefs or a team that could legitimately give them fits. Is that going to play itself out on the field today? Maybe yes, maybe no. I, look, there have been examples to both. Where teams that maybe don't have much of a fight in the playoffs and waltz to the Super Bowl – they just kicked the crap out of their, their opponent in the Super Bowl game. I brought up the 85 Bears yesterday. They demolished the Giants in the divisional playoff game. They shut out the Rams in the championship game. And then they beat the Patriots 46-10 to in the Super Bowl because they were, hands down, probably the most dominant team that I've ever seen in my lifetime, even though I was yay young. But I still remember, the, I still remember that year, the Super Bowl, so on and so forth. You know, so it, it, it works both ways here. But I think this is going to be a hard-fought game. I think that easily, you know, we're going to be in the fourth quarter of this one, and we still don't know who the winner's going to be. I think it's going to be a well-played game. Like last year, remember, the Rams came from behind and they beat the Bengals. It was a close game, you know, in the fourth quarter and whatnot. I, I, I didn't think it was a great game, though. You know, I think this will be a really good football game, and that's all you can ask for, I think, if you're a fan. 
800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take your Super Bowl calls. Got a couple of Jersey purchase calls up there, too. Want to hear those stories as well. Those are always fun here. We're rolling to the top of the hour. Dan Gross' show on this Super Sunday, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Manny sends along uh, the Brett Favre Falcons jersey. But that to me, that's, I, I mean, obviously they weren't making Brett Favre Falcons jerseys because he was, you know, nobody knew who the hell he was when he was with the Falcons. I think that's one of those like Mitchell and Ness things that, you know, in retrospect, they go back and they print up those kind of like as a throwback type deal. You know, a little bit of a collector's type of deal. If you got Brett Favre with the Falcons before he became, of course, Brett Favre. Let's say how to Corey in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Corey, how we doing? Sir, how are you? Corey, what's up? So, as any Knicks fan would know, <clears throat> there's a lot of purchases that could be very, very regretful. And uh, I was really young, and my dad loved me very much. And um, I went to all of the NBA drafts at Madison Square Garden. I was very mm-hmm. excited. And uh, <clears throat> I was really excited to get that Mike Sweetney authentic jersey. <laughs> <laughs> very excited and yeah along with the trevor reason one the year after um oh. and and it just keeps going so i could keep going but you know the sweetney one really tops the cake georgetown's finest mike sweetney see, see you know it, there's so much anticipation and Corey, thanks a lot for the phone call like especially like he said he brought up the nba draft like nfl draft like any new player like you just assume that it's going to work out for you like, this guy's going to be a mainstay. He's going to be a fixture. He's going to be here forever. you got to invest in the jersey. And especially the rookies, you got to figure, well, let me go buy the jersey because they're going to at least give him maybe a you know three-, four-year grace period to where they're going to try to see what they can get out of him because he's a rookie, right? He's not costing you all that much money. So I think the jersey is a safe purchase. Nope. Not in every instance it isn't. No way, no how. It could still indeed be tricky. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. This is also, by the way, you know, as far as all these other little oddities that are tied to this Super Bowl, youngest quarterback matchup of any Super Bowl of all time. 51 years, 337 days for Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. So the youngest signal callers. And, you know, when you think about, Super Bowl memories, like I brought up earlier how, 
we released here on the um, Twitter account for the station, like all of our host picks, and we all somehow think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game today. I guess we were all copying off of each other's test, maybe when the other one wasn't looking. I don't know. But one of the other questions that they wanted us to answer was, you know, Super Bowl memories, your favorite Super Bowl memory. And I, I, I kind of had to think long and hard about that one because, I mean, this might come across as breaking news, but the team that I grew up rooting for, um, I still have not seen them play in a Super Bowl. You know, I, I, I was not old enough in 1969. Hell, I wasn't even born yet in 1969. So I, I don't know what that's like. So I can't necessarily just say like that game. So then, okay, you don't have a dog in the fight. So what's the, what's the most memorable Super Bowl game? I mean, there have been memorable Super Bowls. There have been moments. There have been plays. There have been all those things. But, you know, when you take a step back and I, I, I think, okay, what was as a whole the most memorable Super Bowl game for me? I always keep coming back to Super Bowl twenty-five with the Giants and the Buffalo Bills because I thought it was as well-played a game that you're ever going to ask for on the big stage, in the big moment, right? I mean, coming down to literally almost the final play with the Scott Norwood missed kick, you know, 20 to 19, you couldn't have a closer game. But it was, it was, it was just such a well-played game, you know? Like, you didn't even need, like, a bunch of touchdowns and a bunch of scores and all this stuff. It was just a, a, a good, hard-fought football game. I mean, there were no turnovers in that game. Think about that. No miscues one way or the other. You know, you had a backup quarterback and Jeff Hostetler come in there and, and win that. And Hostetler took a beating that afternoon. A be there are three games that stand out to me in my life watching football to where a quarterback, when you're talking about quarterback beatdowns in a game to where he actually, like, got up and was able to walk off the field when it was all over with, like didn't have to be carted off the field. There are three of them that stand out to me. One of them is Hostetler in Super Bowl twenty-five against Buffalo. They destroyed the living you-know-what out of him that day. Two was Eli, believe it or not, in that NFC Championship game in 2011 out in San Francisco. They, they destroyed him. And the other one would probably be, <laughs> believe it or not, Favre, when he was with the Vikings in that NFC Championship game against the Saints in 2009. You know, when he had that, I mean, you saw like days later, they posted that like uh, shot of his ankle, which looked like he had like a purple grapefruit on his ankle, just how much they destroyed him that afternoon. Um, but that, that game, and you had the whole backdrop, you know, with the Gulf War that was going on at the time. And, you know, the Giants, you know, they were, they were underdogs in that game. You know, Buffalo was a machine. You know, if you weren't around, that, that, that Bills team, that was the first of the four straight trips to the Super Bowl for them. And might have been their best team, to be quite honest with you, out of the four. But in the AFC Championship game, you know, the week before, they, they just destroyed the Raiders. They put up 50, it was like 50-3 to three or something like that. I mean, they annihilated them. That was such a high-powered offense. You know, and the Giants, even though you had Parcells, you had Belichick as a defensive coordinator, you had Hall of Famers on that side of the field. And, you know, it's funny, too, and I've even talked to guys on, the, on you know, that team, you know, guys who played on that 90 Giant team. It was a shock that they even beat the 49ers the week before in the NFC Championship game. Remember, that was the three-peat game for San Francisco. 
And the fact that they were able to win that game, kicking five field goals, didn't even find the end zone, that was an accomplishment in and of itself. So it's like you emptied the tank to go into Candlestick Park and beat that 49ers team. You can't possibly have anything left in the tank, right, to beat a juggernaut in the Buffalo Bills who might have even been better than that 49er team? And damn, they go down to Tampa Bay. They win the game with the backup quarterback and Jeff Hostetler control the clock. I mean, they control the clock for like 40-plus minutes that day. Just churning out yards. You had that big third down conversion by Mark Ingram where he dodged about like 10 tackles to try to get to that first down marker, kept that drive alive. I mean, huge sequences. And I bring up Hosteller. There was that one play where to the life of me, you know, I go back and I watch that play a hundred times over and I still have no idea. You know the one I'm talking about where Bruce Smith got him in the end zone and it was a safety. But every time I go back and I watch that play, I still don't know how Jeff Hostetler did not lose the football for a fumble in the end zone. And then if Buffalo recovers that, that's a touchdown instead of a safety. Maybe we're talking about a different outcome of this game. He must have had the strongest hands known to man to be able to hang on to that ball to secure it, to just take the safety and not lose the football. So, I mean, an amazing football game. And, you know, from start to finish, I think that was – Probably the most memorable Super Bowl, just because it was such a well-played football game. And then you had the dramatic ending. I mean, everything that you could have possibly wanted all rolled into one. So that's me. Super Bowl 25, probably the most memorable of the Super Bowls. And, hey, maybe, maybe I'll have a different answer for you tomorrow if this one plays out a certain way. That's all we can hope for is fans, right? 800 Seven six. That is the telephone number. Dre is in Long Island. He's up next here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Dre, how we doing? Good. What's going on? What's up, Dre? Talk to me. So the jerseys. Um, I got two, two jerseys as a gift. All the right. first one I got was Plexico, and then he shot himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. And then how, now let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question about the Plexico jersey. How soon before the shooting incident did you get the jersey? Probably like, I don't know, like a month before. Hmm. You know what you should have did? Like if you, had, you know, like, you know what would have been funny? If you go back, like after he shoots himself, you go back to the store that you bought it from and you, and you like maybe like <laughs> cut a hole into it and say like, look at what Plexico did to the jersey. <laughs> little, little, little gun yeah, humor that- for you there, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad one, man, at that end of the season. But Giant, the Giants would have won another dumb. Super Bowl if he didn't shoot himself. I truly believe that. They would have won back-to-back. That, Dre, yeah, that 08 team was better than the one that won it the year before. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what was yeah, the other one? that for us. And the other one I just got, well, <laughs> when Barkley basically went down. I, the, first, that, the first time I wore that jersey is when he got hurt. So I'll never get a jersey again. Well, no, I mean, but but the Saquon – now, you're luck, though. Watch Saquon leave and go to another team here in the offseason. Like, they can't work out a contract, and the Giants have no choice but to let him walk. And that's that's going to be your uh, your unfortunate loss there if it's a Barkley jersey uh, playing for another team now. Well, if he does, then I'll get that team's jersey. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, Dre, good stuff, man. I, I, I can't blame you, though, with either one of those, right? Because Plexico – Plexico was a giant for, let's see, one, two, I mean, at least like a few years before that episode happened with the, um, with the shooting. 
So Dre even like waited some time before he he committed to the the Burris. I mean, shoot, he caught the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl the year before. I mean, how can he not? How can he not think that that's going to be a wise purchase? Look, the beauty of it is that everybody has one of those stories. Everybody's got an awful Jersey experience that they can relate to, right? Everybody does. You just get suckered in too much when it comes to those type of things. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Sergio in New Jersey, who's up next here on 98.7. Sergio, how we doing? Hey, how you doing? What's up, Serge? Uh, I got, I got, a, I'm a Lions fan. Uh, for my birthday, my birthday's in August. Uh, his rookie year, I had a Mike Williams wide receiver jersey. Oh, oh. that didn't last oh. long. <laughs> well, you know what, Sergio? Look, if you're a Lions fan, you buy the Barry Sanders jersey, and you never need another one for the rest of your life. You're good. I, I have a few of those too, but uh, I thought Mike Williams was going to be something, but I was wrong. <laughs> So did, so did Matt Millen, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Serge. Appreciate it. See, like, that's the thing. If you have, a, like, an, well, you know, like for the Jets. You know, if you're the Jets, you buy a Joe Namath jersey, you're good. Right? You buy a Curtis Martin jersey, you're good. And the beauty is you could go back online now. They still sell all the old jerseys, and you could get them. Right? The guy who played for your team, who's in a whole, like, now you buy a Revis jersey. Go get that. You're good. Guy's going into the Hall of Fame. Go get a Joe Klecko jersey. Good. Right? All those immortals. You're good. Set. Or if you had a favorite player, maybe, you know, when you were younger as a kid and he's not playing anymore, that's an area that you can maybe go to. I don't know. There's, there, there's kind of different, different ground rules. But I would always think, like, in, in Sergio's case, like, okay, you think Lions. Barry Sanders, that is the name, and especially a team like the Lions, who does, don't exactly have a lot of history and tradition in terms of winning. I mean, remember, the Lions in the Super Bowl era, so what are we talking now, 57 years, 57 freaking years. Like, you think Jet fans have it bad? Not only have the Lions not been to a Super Bowl in 57 years, they've only won one playoff game. Let that sink in for a second. They've won one playoff game there's always somebody that's got it worse as the saying gois 800-919-3776 that is the telephone number we'll continue the conversation with the jerseys i'd like to hear these these are fun and also i don't know if you guys were watching the nba last night with the lakers and the golden state warriors i sure as hell wasn't but there was something that happened during the game which i i'm kind of scratching my head over and i really don't even know if it's real so I'll throw it out to the public. You judge for yourself. Dan Grosser Show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Promptly begin stuffing my face with Super Bowl food for the rest of the day. 
I'm particularly partial. Like, I'm all about, and right now it is in the process of cooking, and I cannot recommend it enough. The chicken nachos, the homemade chicken nachos have become a thing for me. And you put the chicken in the slow cooker for a few hours. Then you line up the chips on the tray. You get the chicken on the chips, the cheese, and then you stick those bad boys in the oven for, I don't know, half hour, whatever it is. And then voila. Like, that alone is a meal. Like, if I only have the chicken nachos for the rest of the day, like, I'm good. Like, if, if, if it's just one thing, like, you ask me, what's the one? Like, that is, that is my particular go-to right now. But I'm not just going to stop right there because then I've got, like, the wide variety of other things with the wings and the uh, just everything. You know, all, like, the sort of picking appetizer-type foods. And I just go crazy with that for the rest of the day. And then by the time the game is over, you're stuffed. You know, this is, this is the one day you can let this whole thing kind of play itself out. And you don't feel guilty. If you're on any sort of diets, you know, you could throw caution into the wind today. And then you could pick up right where you left off tomorrow. Like, you have my blessing. I think you have everybody's blessing. Today's the day where you just forget about any sort of dietary-type stuff, and you eat. Tom Bauer, go-to Super Bowl food today is what? It's going to be chicken wings today. Chicken That's going to be the go-to. That. Now, I have, I believe I've got the wings bone in and then I've got the boneless ones as well like I'm going both sides and I understand that you know a lot of people think that the boneless wings are kind of like fugazi wings they're essentially like chicken nuggets well they are right they and they are and look I'm not sitting here trying to kid anybody into thinking they're not but you know to each his own and that's why I've got a nice sort of option based chicken consuming type of a situation with the bones and bone out Joe what about you I'm also a chicken wings, but I actually just made my grandmother's sauce and meatballs, so I'm going that when I get home. That's now. Do be... you have do you have rolls like nice fresh rolls that you're going to go meatball sandwich? Yes, we do. Yep, that's yeah. that's the tomorrow morning situation, but it's going to be you, fantastic. There you go. You see, like there's really no wrong answer to this. There really isn't. I will say though, I don't know. I haven't thought about this in a while, but I've always been of the belief. That when you're talking about Super Bowl food, and, and maybe maybe it's just me and how I grew up and what I'm used to eating for some of these games. But the one for Super Bowl, which has never really found its way in front of my face, because it usually does like, you know, 300 of the 365 days, but not on Super Bowl, is pizza. To me, pizza is not a Super Bowl food. I, 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 and I know that it is for a lot of people, and I do not begrudge you. Please, don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way. Just me. Pizza has never been a Super Bowl tie-in for myself. It's everything but pizza. So there won't be any pizza today. But if you are eating pizza, God bless you, really. Um, real quick, before we get back to the phones. So last night, Lakers are playing Golden State, the primetime game on ABC. Uh I was doing the Ranger game, so I didn't really watch it. And, and I didn't even see this until the clip went viral until after the fact. So LeBron, he set the scoring record earlier this week. And in true, you know, LeBron, modern-day NBA player fashion, he hasn't played a game since he set the scoring record. You know, the load management. Ankle, so they say. The ankle looked fine to me when he scored, you know, 40 points back on Tuesday to set the damn record. But apparently, you know, he did so much damage to that ankle that he hasn't been able to play a game since. But, you know, not shocking. It's the NBA. So LeBron's in Golden State last night, not playing. And 
as he's taking his seat on the end of the Laker bench, he's literally sitting right next to this girl who looks like she's about maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. And when she finally realizes that LeBron James is sitting next to her, she's like completely floored. She's like starstruck in another world. And LeBron's got his dark shades on and he's got, you know, a knit hat on and whatnot. And he's very businesslike. He's all about the game. But the girl is like freaking out, her and her brother who sit next to her. Wow, they got these courtside seats, and, and, and she's sitting next to LeBron James. She's not sitting next to, like, you know, Tracy Morgan or somebody at the Garden. She's sitting next to LeBron himself, and she's freaking out. So, Lisa Salters, who's doing the sidelines for the game, goes over, and since this moment of her freaking out, like, went viral, she's got to do a one-on-one with this girl. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, it's, it's a star-making opportunity. You take a listen to this, and, and I'm going to try to provide some context when the audio portion is over because you can't see it. And if you haven't seen it, and this is the first you know of it, I'll try to add a little bit more detail when it's over. But take a listen to this is the girl. You know, she's maybe like 10, 12 years old. She's sitting next to LeBron James, just a fan at the Lakers-Warriors game last night. Take a listen. What were you feeling when LeBron came and sat next to you? So I asked for these tickets like over three months ago because I was so excited. I really was hoping that LeBron would break the record at this game. And even once he broke it, I was like, oh, my God, congratulations. And I was so excited to come to this game. And I was like ready in my brain. I was like, congratulations already. And when I heard that he had a foot injury, I was sad. And we didn't know if he was traveling with the team to this game or not. And then when he ended up sitting down here, I'm not that as tall as him, obviously, so I could only see, like, his shoes. And then I look up, and I see LeBron James. And what's going through my mind is just like, oh, my God, the, the, the like, greatest player of all time in basketball is sitting next to me. And I, I just freak out completely. I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, this is, like, the best moment of my life. All right, a couple things. Number one, do me a favor, Tom. Can you just start that clip for a second? I need to hear just one part of it, like at the very beginning of when she's talking. What were you feeling when LeBron came and sat next to you? So I asked for these tickets like over three months ago because I was so excited. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Okay. First question. Number one, kid, who are your parents? Because I don't know how you grew up, all right? Most kids at that age, and I didn't know anybody this fortunate, the the group that I ran in growing up, I asked for these tickets over three months ago. Who are your parents? Who's your dad? Who's your mom? Who do you know that you as a kid are asking for courtside seats for the Lakers and the Warriors to where you're going to be sitting right next to the Lakers bench? Like, who are you? I don't know if her identity was revealed. I guess you can't because she's a minor. But I just want to know for, for context purposes, who are you? Because I don't know if it was me and I ever asked for those type of tickets. Like when I was growing up, I would be lucky to be anywhere in the building, even if I was sitting in the last row. You know, I grew up going to Jet Games, season ticket holder. I was six rows from the top at the old Giant Stadium, and I was perfectly content. I was happy as a pig and you know what. So this little kid, I asked for these tickets three months ago so I could sit courtside at the game. I need to know where she comes from and who her parents are. That's number one. Now, number two, try to grasp the optic of this. Lisa Salters is crouching down on the ground in front of the kid while she's doing the interview. Literally, inches away is LeBron James. He obviously hears the entire interview. 
He doesn't have headphones on, beats by Dre, or nothing like that. He can hear the interview. The word LeBron James is said multiple times during that interview. He has to know that they're talking about him. LeBron is stone-faced, expressionless throughout this entire interview. So much so that when I watch it, and the fact that, you know, LeBron is genuinely, you know, a people person, the fact that he had no reaction to this whole thing, it almost makes me think that, like, part of this was a setup. I, I, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it looked like there was no parental supervision either. It was just, like, the kid and her brother or something that were at this game. It, 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 it's strange to me. Like, I kind of smell a rat. Like, why wouldn't LeBron – I mean, you can't tell me that LeBron is so focused on this game. I mean, the Lakers are going nowhere this year. You know, he really cares about them making the playoffs, that he hasn't played since he set the damn scoring record. Like, you mean to tell me, like, while this kid is freaking out and she thinks it's the greatest moment of her life because she's sitting next to LeBron James, that he wouldn't, like, reach over and lean into the interview and, you know, laugh about it or something? He is stone-faced throughout the entire thing, as if he's hard of hearing and doesn't even know that they're talking about him. I don't know. It, it just it, it seemed it seemed contrived to me. Like this was like a made for television production. Hey, it's Saturday night, the night before the Super Bowl. How many people are going to be locked into Lakers Warriors? Let's come up with something catchy that'll maybe go viral. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But it, it just I I I, I don't know. A little fishy. Form your own judgment. But I wanted to provide that for you at least. Uh, let us say hi too. Chris in Queens, who is up next here on 98.7. Christopher, how are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing, man? Good, Chris. What's up? The worst jersey I ever purchased was uh, a New York Jets Jason Taylor number 99 Jet jersey. You actually – number one, you actually – they had that available for you to buy? Like, did you have it specially made? It was available. My driver bought it online. Well, I guess, yeah, you know what, nowadays, you know, you can pretty much get anybody's jersey. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Jason Taylor. And, and Chris, thanks for the phone call. He was a dolphin. Of course, he was a dolphin. That's that's the number one problem. But Jason Taylor, and I thank you for the phone call, Jason Taylor did have a couple of moments that one year with the Jets in 2010. And it's funny, it's been, what, 12 years since? I have had many moments in those dozen years to where I actually – stop and have to remind myself like oh yeah Jason Taylor was a jet that 2010 season when they went to the championship game for the second year in a row he did have two memorable moments number one it was week two of the season against the Patriots at home he strip sacked Tom Brady late in the game to help seal that victory that was number one and number two regular season game the Jets played in Pittsburgh in December not the championship game but the regular season game that the Jets won Jason Taylor recorded a safety in that game. He threw down, remember the running back for the Steelers, Richard Mendenhall, big play in that game. That was the one that Brad Smith, I think, opened the game with a uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. So those are the two big Jason Taylor moments as a Jet. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, that could be one of those odd ones. I mean, Jason Taylor, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's a Dolphin, and that's a Jet rival, right? So for the one year that he played with the Jets, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you could say that, yeah, I got the Jason Taylor jersey, but I don't know. It, it, it's kind of strange. That might not be one of the directions that I would go if I was looking to get a jersey at that time, if I was a Jet fan. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up here on the phones. We'll send it off to Ty coming up at the top of the hour. Dan Gross' show on this Super Sunday, 98.7 ESPN. 
you are eating pizza, God bless you. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Did you know Patrick Mahomes' mother, her name is Gloria, which means Chiefs are going to win today. I'm totally lying about her name being Gloria. I, I, I don't know what her name is, but I know it's not Gloria. Um, but I'm just using that to fuel my own narrative that the Chiefs are going to win this game today. And, you know, in the couple of minutes we have left, um, like I said, these teams are very evenly matched. I think this is going to be a very good Super Bowl. And when you have two teams that are evenly matched like this, my rule of thumb is always you go with the team with the best player. He's the best player on the field. He's the best player this season in the NFL. And I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to remember, everybody and their mother is already leapfrogging Mahomes to he's going to supplant Tom Brady. He's maybe the greatest of all time one day. And he's going to break all of Tom Brady's records. And he's going to win eight Super Bowls and all those great things. So if there is a guy out there, and I'm not willing to go in that direction yet because it, he has a long way to go. He's got to do this for 15 more years before you can start to put him in that category. But if there is going to be somebody who is going to break this nine-year or nine-consecutive drought MVP Super Bowl run and finally win the big game and the MVP in the same year, I think he's got to be the guy for it. Brady couldn't do it, right? Brady couldn't do it. Remember, the MVPs that Brady won, he never won the Super Bowl that same year. Never happened. He lost two Super Bowls the year he won MVP. But I think Mahomes is going to be that guy. 27-23. Kansas City wins the game today. So does that mean the Empire State Building is going to be red and white tonight in honor of the Chiefs? And people are going to just be freaking out over it when they go to bed tonight and they wake up tomorrow morning. How dare the Empire State Building? Whatever. Like I said, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not losing sleep over something that I can't even see. Eric is in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Eric, how we doing? Hey, Dan. Um, I wanted to chime in on the uh, bad jersey uh, yeah. conversation. Mine was uh, Jeremy Shockey, supposedly the next coming of Mark Bavaro. And uh, the year after he leaves, Giants win the Super Bowl. So well, te- that remember, wasn't, technically, uh, technically speaking, Eric, he was on that team that won the Super Bowl in 07. He was just injured for the Super Bowl. Well, he was just injured, yeah. Kevin Boss was actually a big part of them uh, winning he that was. Super Bowl. He was. Um, and but, remember, remember uh, yeah, they, got into a whole, they got into a whole back and forth about Shockey wanted to be at the game, and they, you know, the, the Giants said, no, you're injured. So, like, Shockey, I think, like, on his own, like, went out to Arizona, and he was, like, sitting up in a suite watching that Super Bowl game. Yeah, kind of an unceremonious ending between Shockey and the Giants. But, you know, for those that don't remember, you know, when he burst onto the scene in 2002 as a rookie, um, he, was, he was a hell of a player. He really and truly was. And then, you know, things kind of wore down as uh, time went on. You know, he, you know, lived a good life off the field, and maybe that ruffled some feathers along the way. But he had a good career. And then he ultimately got that Super Bowl ring as a player with the Saints a couple of years after that in 2009. Uh, real quick, gentlemen, uh, your Super Bowl predictions today is what? Tom, we'll start with you. We have Tom. Joe, how about you? What was that? I'm sorry Ty's doing a video for no, his no uh, problem. Twitter. Uh, Super Bowl prediction is what? Oh, that's what he just asked me. I- I'm saying Chiefs 20- 28-24. 
Chiefs 28-24. Do we have Tom's prediction or no? Yeah, Joe stole my team and my score, so I'm going to say 24-17 Chiefs then. So we're all on board. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something in the water there. But this whole 98-7 thing, it's all about the Chiefs. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to get our answers in about, oh, I don't know, eight hours from now. This was a lot of fun, though, today on this Super Sunday. Thanks to Connor Hughes of SNY for hopping on. Thanks to Joe Leo and to Tom Bauer. Keep it tuned right here because my friend Ty Butler is going to take it for the next few hours. I'm going to go eat some chicken nachos. Dan Grasso, we'll talk to you soon here on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy the game, everybody.